This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We wish you a warm welcome from the Christian Crusaders. Has someone ever made you a promise and you just couldn't wait to receive the product of that promise? When God promised to someday send a Savior, the world couldn't wait until he had fulfilled that promise. Please stay with us for our message, Jesus, Fulfiller of God's Word. Promises are wonderful things because they create expectation in us. We wait in hopeful expectation of the day that the promise will be fulfilled, where the gift will be given, where the goods will be delivered. When the world had fallen into sin and brokenness, God promised that he would someday send a Savior that he would give to his people deliverance, mercy, and forgiveness. We believe that it's Jesus that is the fulfiller of all of those promises. Let's pray. Lord God, open our eyes to see and understand the scriptures, to know that you're a God who keeps your word, you keep all your promises, and that we can in faith, depend upon you in all things. So bless our time of worship together in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Today's scripture is from the Gospel of Luke, the fourth chapter. I begin to read with the 14th verse. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through all the surrounding district. He began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. Jesus came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. The book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Jesus closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Jesus began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is the gospel of our Lord. Before the world was created, God already knew that he would need to send his beloved son to die, spilling his blood in sacrifice to redeem and rescue a sinful world by lavishing his grace out upon all of us in the beloved, in Jesus Christ. That's the word of promise. So in the book of Genesis, when God created, each day he looked at what he had made and he said, it's good, it's good. And when he looked at Adam and Eve, he said, it's very good. Life in paradise was beautiful, perfect, and humanity lived in a close, loving harmony with God. Adam and Eve enjoyed the most intimate of friendship and fellowship with Almighty God. That's why it's tragic that when the serpent came into paradise and seduced Eve and Adam into disobedience and unbelief of God's word, that Adam and Eve experienced guilt and shame and fear for the very first time. They even ran and hid from God. Paradise was lost. But immediately God spoke a word of promise in Genesis 3.15. He said to the serpent, There will be enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, and that child born of the woman will crush your head, and you will bruise his heel. That's called the red thread of salvation's promise that weaves its way through the whole of the biblical narrative, the story of God and his people. So begins a titanic struggle between God and the evil one. This struggle plays out in the hearts and history of humanity and the world. And eventually, the offspring of woman would crush Satan's head. In the birth of Jesus, the Son of God, in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus when he went to the cross, and then was raised from the dead. That's why Paul said in Romans 16.20, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. This 
promise of God is true for every believer. When God makes a promise, he keeps his word because God is true. God cannot lie. Every promise God makes, he will deliver. God will fulfill every word of promise. In the epiphany light, we believe God shines to reveal his heart to us in the person of Jesus, the fulfiller of all his promises and every word of scripture. So in Genesis 1, when it talks about God's creative word, it says that God spoke and reality came into being. It says that God, by his word, initiated action within the created order. And the unfolding of history begins in the life of people and animals and the whole of creation. The Hebrew term is devar. God's creative word brings reality to existence and action unfolds according to God's will. God's word will be done. Later, when the prophets come on the scene, each time they speak to God's people, they say, thus says the Lord. Because it's God's word power that will unfold history. Prophets were not so much future tellers as they were speakers of God's word which transformed life by their word. So when Jesus rises in the temple, as we read this story in Luke chapter 4, he reads from Isaiah 61. Today, is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing? Because the Spirit is on me, anointing me. That key word, the anointed one, is the figure of the Messiah, God's promised deliverer. And he will bring good news to the poor and heal those who are broken in heart. He will free those who are captive and give sight to the blind. And he'll give joy to the sorrowful. It's the outpouring of God's grace in the fulfillment of his promises. And Jesus says by his appearing on the scene, he is the embodiment, the fulfiller of that word. All through the prophets, they painted images of this messianic expectation. In Isaiah 42, it says, This is my servant, my chosen, in him I delight, says the Lord. He'll bring justice. He will embody a gentle strength, a bruised reed he will not break, a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. Or a vision of peace in Isaiah 11, where the wolf will lie down with a lamb, the leopard with a young goat, a calf with a lion, and a little child shall lead them. It's the age where those who are afflicted will now have joy and those who are oppressed will be liberated and all people will now see the light of revelation that Jesus is the fulfiller of God's word. So in the Messianic expectation, the Messiah would be a prophet like Moses revealing God's wisdom and establishing righteousness, freeing the captives. The Messiah would be a priest after the order of Melchizedek, 
mediating a new covenant by the shedding of his blood in the system of sacrifice it would be once and for all the atonement of sins for the forgiveness of all and after the promise god made to king david one of his sons would rise to the throne and rule forever in victory over the enemies establishing an age of peace and prosperity and a restoring harmony between God and his people. So this messianic expectation was weighted with bated breath and hope in faith all through the millennias. So when John in his gospel begins by speaking of the birth of Jesus, he uses the Greek word logos, translated word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And he was the light of all men. And the word became flesh and lived with us, and we saw his glory, full of grace and truth. So the logos describes God coming back to a broken, rebellious world to recreate the beauty and harmony of the broken creation. How? By the speaking of his word, by the sending of Jesus to us. And the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus fulfills the word. So, when Luke tells the story, he speaks of the angel Gabriel coming to Zechariah in the Holy of Holies and promising him that a child would be born to Elizabeth, his barren old wife, and that this child born will be the prophetic forerunner to the Messiah, to Jesus. And then Gabriel goes to Mary, the virgin girl, telling her that she will conceive a child by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, a child born to be the Son of the Most High. This child would be the Savior of the world. Anyone who would hear that word from an angel, God's messenger, would say, This is the one, the fulfiller, that all people of all points of history have waited for. And interestingly, Gabriel says to Mary, Nothing will be impossible with God. It could literally be translated, no word is impossible for God to fulfill. So in Jesus' life and teaching and miracles, in his death on the cross, in the rejection of his people, in the illogical, unjust execution of Jesus, the shedding of blood atoned for the sins of the world, and in the raising from the dead, Jesus was proven to be the Son of God, so that every promise of God made throughout all of history is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. When on the cross he hung, bleeding, nailed there between heaven and earth, he said, It is finished. In other words, it is complete. The word is fulfilled. The promise is yours. Salvation is there for you.
In 2 Corinthians 5, it says, God was in Jesus Christ reconciling the world to himself. So when God raised Jesus from the dead to vindicate him, proving he was the Son of God, forgiveness is proclaimed in his name to all people in all places in the world. Jesus is the fulfillment of all the word of God's promise throughout all of history. In the fullness of time he came and he is the savior of the world. I'd like to tell you a story about a rich art collector who accumulated one of the greatest collections of art ever in the world. With all of that beauty assembled in one place, you'd think he would have been one of the happiest men in the world. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. His only son had been tragically killed in a car accident when he was a young man, and the father never got over it. He loved his son so much. He was so proud of him in every accomplishment he made that the father had great plans for the son to join him in the family business and to live in his love. But he died tragically, prematurely in that accident, and the father was so devastated he really never recovered. So the father, this art collector, put all his energy in compiling the best art collection he could in memory of his beloved son. The father died without another heir. So when the will was read, it was announced that the man's art collection was to be auctioned off. The day of the auction was much anticipated. Famous art dealers from all over the world came from far and wide. The first item up for auction was a painting of a young man by an unknown painter. It was not a particularly good piece of art. It was not a particularly good painting. And frankly, none of the art dealers was interested in it. They were waiting for the valuable pieces of art to come up for sale. So when the auctioneer called for bids, his request was made and there was silence. Not a hand was raised to bid. The auctioneer lowered his beginning amount. Eventually, an old man in the back bid for the painting of the young man. He was the art collector's butler. He knew that that painting was actually a picture of the father's beloved son, whom he also loved as one being raised in the house. It had been painted shortly before the young man was tragically killed in the accident. The butler valued the painting not for artistic value, but because he loved the son. Well, the art dealers were sure glad to have that painting out of the way. Now for the real sale and the real art items of great value. Then the auctioneer announced, Ladies and gentlemen, I've been required to read the following clause of the will. It reads, Whoever buys the painting of my son gets everything else in the art collection as well. This auction is now over. The one 
who takes the sun gets everything else as well. Jesus is the embodiment of every promise God has made. Every blessing God can give to us or pour into us comes from Jesus the Christ. So when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, every promise is fulfilled and we become recipients of the promises of God. Or like Mary, we become participants in the actual unfolding of the fulfillment of all of God's plan of salvation. We become children of God, people of God, and the people God uses to shine the light of the world, his love for all. Jesus is the fulfiller of every promise in God's word. I believe it. I invite you to believe it too. We can stake our life on that promise. love for us how vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son and make a wretch his treasure how great the pain of searing loss the father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one Bring many sons to glory Oh, oh, oh. 
Lord God, we thank you that you are one who keeps all your promises and fulfills your word. We thank you for giving us Jesus so that every promise could be kept in his life, death, and resurrection. Thank you that because of Jesus, we know that we belong to you, that you love us unconditionally, that our sins are forgiven, and that by your Spirit within us, you give us eternal life. Help us to live with bold confidence all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. So hear God's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been worshiping with the Christian Crusaders. It is our prayer that you believe in Jesus as the fulfiller of every promise in God's word and you stick your life on this promise. A number of devoted Christian Crusader listeners have chosen to include this ministry in their estate planning. Estate gifts have become a significant part of our ministry. In this way, these donors leave a legacy of faith in Christ that extends far beyond their time on earth. To learn more about including Christian Crusaders in your estate planning, call us at 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. Today's program is available to be read or heard anytime on the Internet. Visit us online at christiancrusaders.org. Like us on Facebook, join our podcast audience, check us out on Twitter. We are easily found anytime, day or night. If today's message helped serve your spiritual needs, we encourage you to consider a gift to help cover our production and broadcasting costs. You can make an online secure donation on our webpage, christiancrusaders.org. Or send your gifts directly to our office at Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH or 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We thank each of our listeners who support Christian Crusaders with their gifts and their prayers. We are pleased you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was our associate speaker, Reverend Lee Lavig, pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Spencer, Iowa. Christian Crusaders is privileged to have been broadcasting biblical truth continuously since 1936.